And welcome to the Worldwide Chelsea Pod. It's your host Matt again, and we're back on what is a beautiful day. It's always nice to watch Arsenal lose and Chelsea to win. So I am joined by two wonderful regular guests, some of my most committed guests, and probably my favourite. Sorry to the rest of the guys, but first of all, I'm going to introduce the guy from Mexico, the one and only. Marv, how you doing? I'm doing amazing, and I'm yeah, I'm putting on a few calories though, uh, eating a bit of that humble pie, as it were. But I'm very, very happy. Yes. Yeah, Marv, we'll get into that because I think you're you're, as Jester said in uh, Sadiq stream, you're probably in a bit of a sticky scenario with a certain Belgian striker. Absolutely. And that brings us on to our second guest. It's the Texan. It's the triggered. He's the triggered. He's the trigger. You're the triggered. It's Jester's. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing most excellent. I mean, we we got to see a beating, you know, drive-by shooting, whatever you want to call it. It was an absolute, absolute destruction of a once-proud football club who is now in the mud with the pigs. Good luck with that. Uh, and and now I get to talk talk about it for another hour. So you know, it's, my day is complete. You know, I can go to bed right now after this podcast and be a good day. There's nothing more needs to be done. Oh, are you gonna go to bed or are you gonna watch AFTV? Oh no, I gotta watch my comedies. You know, AFTV, Troops TV, my comedies. Yeah, you gotta get that before you go to bed. But as you said, it is a beautiful day. I mean. In, go- in terms of being in the mud with the pigs, I think I feel sorry for the pigs, if I'm honest. I wouldn't want to be in them. I wouldn't want to be in the same mud as Arsenal. There must be some deep mud because they are in deep, deep. I'm not going to say the word because sponsors, but yeah, you know what I mean. Anyway, Je- Marv, I'll actually go to you because I've kind of spoken to Jesters a little bit on the stream earlier. But what was your overall thoughts of the game? Um... Well, I was uh, delighted with the performance. Yeah, we kind of slept towards the end of the game, but the game was over inside 35 minutes. And uh, I think obviously there was a huge golf in class because obviously there isn't a single top player in that Arsenal team. But we've got to take it the fact that what I like the most is that even without our most, in my opinion, the most two creative players that play in the front three, including Pulisic and, um, of course, uh, Ziyech. Um, yet still, every time we had a new way of attacking, which I really like, we could play the ball into Lukaku, who was able to eat every time, shield off the defender, roll the ball off, and we've got a chance in the final third. Um, I think had we been a bit smarter with our final third decisions, we could have won this. We could have won this about five nil, to be honest. I'm absolutely delighted. What a dominant performance! Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm going to come straight to you on this. Obviously. That one dominant performance was partially due to one certain Belgian striker. And Marv, I'd say for both of us, 2021 hasn't been a good year for our opinions, has it? First, no. Tuchel, now Lukaku. Is this going to be another one where we're going to have to delete a few tweets? I really hope so, because first first uh, Tuchel, then Christensen, then Lukaku. Um, I mean, to an extent, Jorginho, but I, I liked, I kind of liked him anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I also maybe, I mean, I was a big fan of Kovacic anyway, but I think with a lot of, there's going to be a lot of pie eaten in that sense. But as, a, as I always say, as long as Chelsea win, that is, I'll, I'll take that all day because I mean, 
his perform Lukaku's performance today, it was almost flawless, and it was unlucky not to have two goals. Yeah, definitely. I mean, how Leno got to that, and even not even just to get into it, the power on that header. Most goalkeepers' wrists are just going to be floppy after that because yeah. their wrist is broken. But Leno did really well with that, um, despite some art questionable moments, to say the least, in that game. But yeah, um, did you think it was a perfect centre-forward performance, Marv? Absolutely. I mean, what else can you ask of him? He held the ball up. He created. He actually created chances that we probably should have scored two of them. There was one at the very end. He rolled off for Ziyech and Ziyech hit it straight to keeper. Um, another one where he rolled one off for Mount. He put it wide. Another one he rolled the ball out wide, which we wasted. So, I mean, for me, I mean, what else could you expect from a forward in, in, in a uh, performance like that? He took his goal. Um, he was constantly an outlet. He beat his man, which surprised me. He absolutely terrorised the defence. And if he, if that's what we're going to get from him most games, then this is going to be, you know, that ninety-seven million is going to be paid off very quickly. Most definitely, most definitely. Um, Jesters, tell tell me about Lukaku. What, what did you think of his first game, and do you think it's going to be a match made in heaven? Well, he is trending on Twitter right now. So. Um along with Arteta sexuals. So, if you know, you know. Those two topics are trending. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did, I did throw some banter in there. So, uh, yeah, he was brilliant. Um, he could have had, he should have had a hat trick today. I guess I can only fault him for only getting one when he could have had a hat trick. But if this is what, we, this is the missing piece. So, you know, we always talk about Tuchel saying that he wants to build a team that nobody wants to play against. I think we just found the, the, the last piece to nobody wanting to play against us. Um, he bullied players. Uh, he played with skill. He, his link-up play was good. He's everything he's aver- he was advertised to be. So, every, you know, all the uh, Man U fans that said, oh, he's junk. He he plays in Timberlands. Well, guess what? That's not the Lukaku that we bought. The Lukaku we bought is on the top of his game. He's, I'm going to say it again, he's very, better for me than Harry Kane because I like my strikers to win trophies. Harry Kane hasn't done that. Only thing he has in his trophy cabinet is dust. So I, I, I'm really, I get tired of the comparisons. He's better than Harry Kane. He'll be better than Harry Kane in the Premier League this season. And he's going to lead us to a title. I mean, let's hope so. I mean, going into the the first goal, I mean, was that just exactly the uh, advert for Lukaku? Well, yeah. I mean, it's look, it's it's a cross in. Somebody puts it away. How many balls did we put in the box last season that nobody was there on the end of to put away? And he's there. Yeah. He puts the ball calmly in the back of the net. You don't have to worry about skying it over the net. You know, Timo. Not even, uh, not even um, last season. That that issue was also on show in our game against Palace and in our game in the Super Cup. Couple sure. of crosses in, absolutely no one is in the six-yard box. Anticipate we had one where Ziyech got in there and scored the goal. But other than that, the, I mean, you know, these these aren't central players. This is the thing I think when Chelsea play, we, we are identified by that kind of player. So, for example, you know, the best ones we had with the Drogba, we had um, obviously not just Drogba, we had Diego Costa and then Anelka that obviously could play a, a like kind of a hybrid version of that. 
So I think it might just be something to do with our culture that we have to have it in this way. So, yeah, but it's nice. The first time we got a ball across the goal, he's there and he scores. It's nice to see that again. Yeah, and I mean, um, Marv, coming on to you, obviously the hold-up play that Lukaku brought in just even just that goal, obviously held up Mari and then, as as Jess has kindly said in the stream, cooked him up like a good steak. Um, yeah. What, did you did you did you just love that from Lukaku and are you Absolutely looking forward amazing. to seeing that? Do you know what was amazing about it is that he actually made it himself. Like the chances he he created that. I mean he started the move, he rolled the ball out, the ball went wide, and I think that's what we're going to try to do a lot of the time because a lot of the goals we scored were from shifting from one side to the other side and finishing with the wing backs like we did with Reese scored. But now we've got someone who can hold the ball up. We have someone who can hold it in that kind of final third, final fifth, as it were. So then you release the ball out wide. That gives more space for good dribblers. Someone like Pulisic, who can then open up the low block, fire it across goal, and we've got the striker in the centre, and we've got more chances to score. I think we're going to score a lot more goals this season if we are kind of playing in this way. Definitely, definitely. I think it's just we've finally got that focal point. I don't want to be rude. I don't want to be rude on him because he's obviously left, but. I remember when all Chelsea fans used to go on about how old Tammy's hold-up play wasn't that bad. Uh, bad. But when when you look at this now and compare it to him, you could you can just see what was missing and what I mean. If you if I, if I'm talking to Tammy, I, I say to Tammy, this is this is the level you need to get to. This is the level you're aiming for. Go to Roma and get and, and build yourself to this level. Lukaku done it. Lukaku went to Inter after. Being what we'd call uh, not average, but but a below pass, below world class striker at Man United, and he's built his he's built on his first touch. He's built on his hold up play, and he's he's coming back, and he looks like this perfect striker. Obviously, it is one game, and we'll get into that later on. But that's what I think he, Tammy surely needs to go and learn in Roma. Do you think, guys? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing about that is that he's obviously quite young and he doesn't have the same physique that uh, someone like Lukaku has. So I think if somebody is not generally that strong, their hold-up play isn't obviously going to be all that. Um, I think and he's much more of an in-behind kind of guy, um, like Lukaku also used to be, by the way. So, I mean, it is some, I think that maybe and hopefully he'll get that as the years go on. But I think he's just too young at this point to be that kind of focal point leader striker which is the only thing i was saying before i don't think he quite has it and um i mean if you look at the early lukaku games he would drift wide a bit more as well and put good crosses i mean he was quick and tams doesn't quite have a lot of that stuff that that that's one of the issues and it wasn't anything obviously personal i like him but he just, he just didn't have a lot of the things that i think were needed but there is some there is a good player in there and i think in a couple of years he could be uh, much, much better, but at the moment it's not his time to play for, for Chelsea, I think. Yeah. And, I mean, talking just away from Lukaku now, and obviously we a lot of fans spoke before about how oh, Kai Havertz would do really well linking up with Lukaku, Timo Werner would do well linking up with Lukaku, Jorginho will get good balls, so-and-so, so-and-so. But a name everyone seemed to forget and not really talk about in terms of linking up with Lukaku was Reese James. And today, the way obviously he got his assist and his goal, um, Jess, do you think this is the year where Reese James is finally gonna put the hate in, put the hate away from all these Liverpool fans that are saying, "Oh, Trent's a good attacker," and Reese James barely gets any assists. Well, 
he's gotten a goal and assist today and he looks fantastic. Do you do you think he's this is going to be the start of Reese James' climb? Yeah, actually, I think um, I, I said this before. Um, this should settle the debate on why Tino Livermento is playing for Southampton, why Tarek Lamptey is at Brighton, why Callum is on the bench. Reese James is a very, very good right-sided fullback, whether he's playing right wing back or right back. He's very, very talented. And, um, of course, he, he got the assist, which was brilliant. And then the goal, come on. How, how many right backs or right wing backs fin- can finish like that? It was, you know, yes, he was wide open space, but he put it where no keeper's saving it. It was unsavable shot. So he's a brilliant player. And I think really on the flip side, I think Chilwell is going to do very well from the left side. Imagine <clears throat> if we have Chilwell and Reese James putting in balls into the box. I mean, both Havertz and Lukaku and, and when Christian plays, because he's one of the only players we have that does make either the near post or far post runs. Uh, he, he's gotten many a goal cleaning up at, at either post, making those runs and having those balls come in. I think it just adds another dimension to the game. So you're not just vertical, you're also, also horizontal as well, right? It can come in from wide. It doesn't always have to be through the middle. And his 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 play uh, with either Kai or Mount on that side, whoever was there, uh, the runs he made, he he was very very good. It's probably one of the best games I've seen Reese Reese play. So, um, you know, I hope he kicks on from here. And and uh, if he if he is firing, Chilwell is firing. You know. The opponents we have we face on a weekend week out basis need to pray because because they're gonna need some Jesus to save them because there ain't gonna be anybody else. Yeah, I mean it's it it's fantastic to see and Marv. Obviously, a lot of people have been saying obviously he didn't start in the Super Cup, didn't start in the game against Crystal Palace. People were saying, is this is this gonna be where? Reese James is not fancied by Tuchel and he's he's inconsistent with his um crossing, his running. Do you think this is this is where Reese James settles all that rubbish and well, uh, gets strong? I think I think all that rubbish is just stupid anyway. You he's been amazing. Well, you know, it makes a little few mistakes, but he's been he's played for two seasons and he was a youth player and he's he's literally made the position his own already. He plays all almost all the games. He, he can score a goal. He's got a good shot on him. He's a good tackler. He's quick. He's he's got athleticism. He pretty much has it all. And he's better than Trent Alexander Arnold. Alexander Arnold is only good because he has that dead ball. If he didn't have the great accuracy across and movement of the ball like that, he would be another average player. Whereas Reese James is the whole package. Um, and I think that's where it all comes from. There's a jealousy about how good he actually is. He's one of the few youth players that came in straight away and made an instant impact and I think that like he is the best right back in the country and if he uh, if he's not playing for England um, I think there's definitely something some questions need to be asked because I mean he's an absolutely fantastic player I don't really get the the question there is for me I have no question marks over over Reese James absolutely none 
Yeah, obviously last season there was these whole questions of can he do it at wing back and sometimes I think a lot of people were saying that he'd kind of hold it back and he wouldn't bomb forward as much as people thought. But do you think now where he's got that consistency is he knows he can bomb forward, put a cross into Lukaku. Lukaku is going to more like more likely get it in the back of the net. Do you think he's going to be more consistent with that now rather than nervous because it's a Timo or a Kai that might not get it? Possibly. I think in, in general, he was always pretty good with getting that ball in there anyway. I think uh, apart from Ziyech, he's probably the best crosser we have. Um, so, I mean, I, I see more of the same. I think he, he will grow because in terms of what he brings, there isn't any real super weakness. Even his 1v1 defender is pretty solid. Um, and we've got to kind of look at the, the level. I mean, he's just won the Champions League. I mean, so this isn't a player that, you know, we're looking at like growing development kind of player this is a player already at the top at his age it's, it's, it's insane and I think we kind of uh, lose track of that a little bit because of how well the team has done I think the team deserves even more praise than it gets and he is definitely one of the solid uh, core players in this team so I, I see it just continuing to be honest definitely definitely I mean there was a lot of positives in this game but obviously there was a little for me, I think, firstly, for me, a little bit of negativity. Obviously, we got through the game, first 45 minutes, kind of got the job done. But I felt in that second half, we started losing the control in the midfield. Obviously, I know Jess has, has picked out Kovacic in the in the stream with Sadiq uh, before on the match review. Um, Marv, do you think that was a bit of a problem in the midfield where Jorginho and Kovacic just lost control? And oh. possibly, if it was a better team they might have took some chances. Yeah, so the one negative is we did not play well after that second goal in large parts of the game. Um, and I, I don't know if it was because of Jorginho and Kovacic, but in general, there was a lot of space being given up, which was quite worrying. Um, there was a lot, uh, quite a few chances, a few sleeping moments from Christensen as he lost his man twice and we nearly conceded it. One that went over the top of Rudiger um, as well. Um, so I think, but yeah, the, 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 it was a big difference when Kante came on. When Kante came on, we, we created a few more chances again. Um, again, I think the, the two, that two, that they're a good combination if they're well protected. At the same time, yeah, I do still think there's that kind of, there might be the lack of technical DM still. I'm kind of un, unsure about it though at this point. I mean, the team's very good, but that could be something. Yeah, do you, do you think there's just a, a lack of bodies there? Because obviously, if Kante's not there, it's literally Jorginho, Kovacic, and then if you want to put in Ruben, there's Ruben there as a fourth choice. Yeah, there is. Yeah, that's the thing, though, of Loftus-Cheek. He's also an attacker, isn't he, really? I mean, he's not really a deep defender. I know Lampard wanted to try him there. Um, so, again, that's another one I'd be a bit worried about. Um, it's really... Uh, maybe we can try Chaloba. I know he's, he's a pretty solid midfielder. Um, but, yeah, there, there is a little bit of a concern in, in that area. I don't know if we're going to continue on anything with Chimeni or um, or what's going to happen there. But I think it's something that we need to look at, a, a ball winner or somebody who's going to read that because spaces in behind are not good. You come up against someone like Liverpool um, that could really exploit something like that. Remember, we, are play we were playing against nothing but bums today. So, you know, that could have been costly in a big bigger game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that was the kind of point I made. I was like, it was all right in this game because 
Arsenal couldn't finish the thinner plate. Um, it's just it was uh, awful. But if you're coming, if you're doing that against a, a City, even a Liverpool next week, I feel you're if you're conceding that goal, you're putting yourself on the back foot. So I think it's something we need to fix, and I'm hoping it's just the fact that it was the Georgino Kovacic, which I've never been convinced with that uh, midfield pivot. But obviously, you get certain people that love it, so. Um, sometimes it works, but Jester, what, what did you did you think Kovacic was a major fault today, or? Well, I guess you can say that we saw uh, fragility from both of our of our midfielders today. Um, you know, Jorginho went into some fifty fifty sometimes and didn't win the ball, and of course, when he does that, he doesn't have the pace or the physicality to unless he's going to drag the player down to, to win the ball back. You know, once he comes into 50-50, if he doesn't win the ball, then you've got a midfielder out of position. And that's fine when you have N'Golo Kante, you know, the human hoover that's going to suck up all the mistakes. Kovacic is not that. So that's defensively. So there was many times in the game that happened where Jorginho went into a 50-50, didn't win the ball. Boom, now there's space. Who's going who's gonna to eat up that space? Well, Kovacic is not going to do that. Uh, as, as good a good midfielder he is, he's not a defensive closer. He doesn't close down those, those, that space like Conte does. Um, and then going forward, I mean, I've, I didn't think he had a very good game. I, I saw some people's streams that they said he did. Rated them higher than Jorginho. Uh, I know his stats look good. He did create uh, quite a nice few chances with his balls out wide. I, I, I felt that he was quite good with the final ball. Yeah, I just thought there was a disconnect between the, the defense and the attack, and that's where those two two midfielders have to fill that 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 gap, and they didn't in this game. So I thought mid, our midfield played poorly. Not up to, to, to where our attackers played. Um, or I should say two of our three attackers. And our defense, they uh, they weren't up to that level today. And that that's where you can see that we missed the N'Golo Conte that we all know and love. We miss, like I said, he, he eats up everybody's mistakes. Jorginho can go into a 50-50 ball and, and not make it. If Conte's there, because you know he knows Conte's going to back him up. I just thought there was a slight disconnect, and had it been, and then, and then I'm talking about when when we turned the ball over in their offensive third, if if the play broke down, there was always space between the attacking third and our midfield or our defense in that halfway line. There was all that space in there, and and. I didn't like to see that, and of course we will get exploited if we do that against Liverpool. Uh, so that's why Ngoli Conte has to start. Uh, we still do have links with Chuamini. It was reaffirmed today. Uh, we also have links with Sal Gnaguez. we got to get somebody else in, in midfield. That's going to be the job. And uh, if it's Chuamini, it's Chuamini. If it's Naguez, it's Naguez. Somebody has to come in. Because we cannot go the whole year with three with three midfielders, and uh, for me, 
I don't want to see Kovacic in the uniform next year. I want him. I want this to be his last year. He always teases you. Has a good game. Has a bad game. Has a good game. Has a bad game. He could do more. Doesn't do any more. He gives you no threat in the final third. He played some nice passes. I'll give him that. But you know, you you have to give me that that thing that you do well that says I have to keep you on the team. I don't see that from Kovacic. It's just like, okay, I I'm 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 a jack of all, master of none. He does some things very he does some things very well. Ball control very well. Doesn't defend particularly well. Doesn't attack very well. What does that leave you with? A squad player. So, uh, I know that sounds harsh after a couple games, but I have to see more. I want to go. I want shots on goals. He had. A couple times, Pop set the goal. One he pulled out, it sliced it. The other one he put over the top. I need something on goal, man. You've got to do that for me. And uh, I, th- I thought that's where we we fell a little short today. Our midfield was not very, did not play very well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Marv, I haven't really spoke to you at all about the new links with Sunderkes. Is that a yeah. type of midfielder you would like to come to the club? Funny you mention it because uh, a couple of seasons ago, there, I was picking out a few uh, midfielders that I really rated, and he was uh, like in my top three. Um, I think he's a really good player. I'm quite surprised that I'm hearing that he could have been available for loan. Um, I really didn't get that because I always assumed he was really, really high property for uh, Atletico Madrid. But um, no, I like him. I think he's a very good player. I don't know, though, if he really suits what we are trying to do. He's not a defensive, is he? So. But he does, he can pass well, he can move well, he's a fairly good dribbler, he can score the odd goal. Um, so I guess that's a positive in him. I mean, I would be happy if he came, I like the player. But I don't know if he is a, like, it's going to solve that issue that Jess was just mentioning. Um, because, yeah, that is an issue with uh, with, with the kind of lack of defensive nous that we have there in the middle. Um, but no, I'm, I'm definitely pro if if they do decide to go for him. Yeah, I think the whole Saul Nagas thing, I think what the reason is behind it, I've been reading up. I think we obviously you know the Barcelona have got this struggle with the wage cap. I think Real Madrid and, and Atletico Madrid are suffering with similar problems, just not as worse. And I think he's one of the high earners that they've identified as they want to get off the books. So I think that they're looking to get a loan and possibly with an obligation to buy at the end of it. Obviously, that will depend on Chelsea of how much the obligation is. Because I think, again, like you said, I think he's a very good player. I'm unsure of whether he will fully adapt to the Premier League. As always, I've always had a question mark of whether he'll, he's, a, he's fantastic in the Liga, but will he adapt to the more the physicality in the Premier League? And then I have the problem of, again, does he... I think we've always looked at... We're looking for someone who's similar to Kante, defensive, but energetic and move around quite a lot I just feel Sal is not that type of midfielder and I understand that multiple midfielders will probably leave so maybe is he a, an opportunity we're getting him in and then we're also getting in someone next summer or we're getting a Schumann in as well but I think that might be especially this season maybe a bit overkill unless a Kovacic is leaving now but it's it's an interesting rumour it's an interesting rumour to see and let's see if it progresses anywhere and even if he does come I I think I trust Tuchel 
with any player that comes in to fit him into somewhere and fit him into his tactics where he'll get the best out of them. Um, that's what I'm really starting to like from two court at the moment. Um, but going back to the game, um, Jester's obviously you mentioned in the extreme about Azpilicueta. Um, did you think he had a good game, or did? Because I remember you were saying about he's had a, a he had a bit of a poor game to you. Yeah, I, he started off very very shaky. Um, I guess you could say he grew in the game, um, but I think his legs are starting to go. I really do. Uh, I didn't see, you know, Aspie from last year. I didn't see Aspie that I saw in the Euros even. Of course, he was playing right wing back or right back that for for, uh, for Spain. But I don't know. There was just something. There was something off about him. And we know this is his last season with Chelsea. I believe his, his contract is up at the end of the season, and I don't, I haven't heard any talks for a contract extension. Which I don't, I, I think we're we're, we're rightly going to say, hey, thank you for your service. Now you can go on a free wherever you would like to go. Um, which is fine. That's great. I just, I thought he was shaky at some points. Yes, he had some good plays in the back, but. I I don't know. I guess I just expected more from him. So and and again, I I saw other streams where they rated him highly as the highest center back. I I think that we tend to to look one or two moments rather than you know he had, he had a a great couple of blocks, saving tackle. But that doesn't negate an overall for me what was a poor game from him. And I think you'll see the difference once we bring in a Jules Kunde. If when Kunde comes in, you're going to see more freedom from Reese James because he doesn't have to worry about getting back because he knows that space. He's got somebody with enough pace to cover the entire space, and that'll give him more freedom to worry about offensively than getting back every time. And uh, I think that uh, Dave's pace has really is really gone. And uh, it's just one of those things that happens when you get older. And he wasn't blessed with with blistering pace in the first place. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that you see the areas we're trying to get better in. And I think in, in, in moments, you see why uh, we want to bring a Jules Kunde in or a Chumini in. Um, and and if they can bring what, what, they, what I've watched them, when I've watched them play, if they can bring those things, then we'll be a much better team. And uh, that just that just nails on uh, cups and titles even more so. Yeah, I mean, Marv, what what do you what do you think about? It? Do you, do you think he as people was one of them players that he was good in specific moments? And obviously, I'm, in terms of that moment, I assume Jess is speaking about was the. Uh, block that he did on Smith Rowe when uh, he got away from Christensen. But do you, do you think he had an overall pool game and just had good moments? And do you think do you think Kunde is really needed in this squad? Well, uh, that's an interesting thing because actually the one I think it's going to be the first time I've ever disagreed with Justice. I actually think apart from Lukaku, Aspie was the second best player in the game. Um, I think the decision to choose him over Chaloba was an absolutely was a masterclass. He made two one-on-one saving tackles 
um, that could have cost goals. If he didn't get that tackle in on Saka in the first half, that could have been 1-1. Uh, another one where he gets that block um, in, in the penalty area as well, and a couple of good tackles to stop counter-attacks as well. Um, but I do think Koundé should be brought in, and I do think this might be the last stages of Aspie as well, so I do agree on both uh, moments there. Um, but that being said, I think he had a very solid game. I think if you play him in that three on the... Is definitely there. There is life in him. I don't like him too much in that wing back position, but again, that position, and I should get in it. You only really got to be getting in behind there, haven't you? It's not too much of a job for you to do. But no, I think he had a very solid game. That being said, if it is the end of his contract, I can only see maybe a one year extension and then that being his final season. But it's very early days. You don't really know. I mean, we do need a deep squad, of course. But yeah, I mean. For me, always Kunde. Always get Koundé. I think Kunde really improves the team. And I think his long passing, his, his dribbling out of danger, I think will really add to the team, uh, actually. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in disagreement about Aspie being done. But at the same time, I definitely am pro Kunde. Yeah, I mean, I think oh, I'm kind of in the middle of both of you. I, I do understand that he he did have some moments. And when they were moments, they were great moments that in terms of the smith row thing probably i'm i'm assuming un- unless mendy would have made a masterclass save smith row was probably going to make it 2-1 at that point unless he does a typical arsenal player and misses it but um i did i did think there was just there was just certain i, I wouldn't say there were major things but just little things where i was kind of getting a bit apprehensive of the fact that obviously we know that Aspie's legs have always kind of been going, but he's always been that player that in, in, in terms of his defensive intelligence, he's always been able to read the game before, and that covers up most of the time for his legs starting to go. There was just some times where I felt he was very hesitant um, against, uh, I think it was particularly when Saka kept going on that side, and I'm just a little bit worried with them more pacey, skillful players that Maybe Aspie's starting to... Maybe it might come a just a bit slowly, but I'm worried he's just slowly starting. I think, again, against maybe better midfielders, say a, a Grealish or a Mares or someone like from Man City or Liverpool or Jota, I'm just worried, is, is Aspie going to be the same as he has been? Um, and that's where, again, like what you said, Marv, I think Aspie will start the, start, start the season at centre-back and start because he is the, he is the club captain. He's experienced, and I think Tuchel wants to get a good start going with his experienced players. But I have a feeling if Kunde comes in, they'll wait for him to adapt. And then I think by the end of the season, Aspie is probably gone. Uh, as Jester said, I think they'll let him go wherever he wants. He'll put, I imagine he'll go probably back to Spain. Or if he wants, he can go retire with Petr Willian and David Luiz if he really wants to. But I think he has a bit more ambition than that. Um but yeah, I just feel Kunde is going to come in. And as you said, I think Kunde, I think once he gets past that adaptions phase of the Premier League, I think he's going to be fantastic for Chelsea. Exactly the type of two-call player we need. And I can just, I'm just picturing that right side now of Kunde, Rhys James, Ziyech slash Mount, and then Lukaku. I just, I just see that side being so efficient in terms of the way they dribble the way the attacking threat and then you go on the left side you have Rudiger, Chilwell, 
Pulisic slash Werner slash Havertz and then Lukaku. And it, I'm starting to see a team that could, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself because this would be my next question, but that could dominate for decades or at least the next decade because they're so, everyone is so young, bar the Rudys, the Ziyech. Um, but that is my next point um, going into, obviously it's a good game, a good result, but we know it is Arsenal. Arsenal are currently sitting in the 19th place, which is a joke, uh, funny, and obviously you got all the problems of Arsenal. But are we? Should we be a little bit reserved and wait till we see this against a bigger team to really judge Marv? Yeah, maybe. I mean, because I remember last season we we but we we started winning those games that we beat Sheffield United and whoever else lead. And I remember thinking, oh, we we could actually win the league. We're so good, and then boom, we come crashing down to earth. Although, that being said, you are right. In my opinion, this is an absolutely amazing uh, potential team that we have. As long as we don't stupidly sell anyone like Ziyech in the last few days, the window and all that, I think we've definitely got a potential because there's good attackers there and Hudson-Odoi, and then there's good defenders there and Zuma. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, I think that we should still should sell those two players if, if anyone is to be sold now of the core of the team. But then again, you know, we, we have depth and it's nice. You look at the bench today. I look like, like there was a game where we played under Lampard season, and we were looking at. We, we, I think we lost this game to West Ham, and I remember looking at the starting lineup, and I was like, "Ish," and I was really nervous, and we, we lost. And we looked at the bench, and there was literally nothing, and I was like, "This is this is problematic." Uh, we look now, any you know one player's out, we've got so many other good players. Kante couldn't, you know, was on the bench. Ziek was out, but we had a good team. We had Pulisic was out, we still had a good team. This. And the fact that they've already won the Champions League at the age they're at, we could have another 10-year core like we had with Jose. And I think it could happen. Yeah, I mean, just going on, obviously, we've got Liverpool next, Marv. So do you think Liverpool will be a really good test to look at and see if there's teams about it? Huge test. And um, Well, and the thing is, as long as we avoid losing that game, it means in the first three games we've had you know, two big games, only one home game and seven points. That would be very good. Um, so, I mean, if we, you know, it would be bad if we lost this, but in, if, for us to challenge for the title, we need to win a fair few of the big games. Um, it's one of the issues we had in previous seasons. We weren't winning enough big games, especially with Lampard. We lost or drew them all. Uh, I think we won one against City, didn't we? But and, and I think we beat Tottenham and that was it. And uh, so this time we need to pick out a few more. If we could get a win at Anfield, it would solidify that we are title challengers. But again, there is... You know, there's obviously a lot of work to be done. We've got to keep this going. But I do think there is potential there. Yeah, and Justice, would you agree we maybe need to be a little bit reserved or are you confident this team's going to do it anyway? Well, before I get there, quick update. Temi has missed a header that he should have scored on, but he does have two assists for Roma, who are up 2-1 in, in a red card festival. Lovely. So, I mean, that's on, typical, that's typical for Tammy. It, the goal got disallowed, I think. No, VAR checked it. It's good. Oh, really? Yeah, they just did it. Is it 2-1? I thought the Vera, the, the goal uh, got cancelled. Um, the Vera 2-1, right? Or did they just score again? No, it was the... I think it's Vera 2. He crossed across the box and Mkhitaryan missed it. Oh, yeah, I think they gave that as offside, didn't they? Or maybe no, maybe they've given it. They've okay, given good. it. Good, I hope, I hope Tams does well. I, I want him to do well there. Yeah, but he had, a, he had a header. He should have, he scored. He should have scored on her. Yeah, hit, hit the, the bar. bar. 
Uh, well, what's new? That's not <laughs> right. going to change. So, no, I don't see any reason to stay calm and collective. You know, I want to be the brash Texan I am, the trash-talking Texan. No, I, I, I don't see there's, you know, bar major injuries to the squad, we should be winning the, the league and and be right up there f- for repeating as champion league, Champions League uh, winners. That's just the way it is. This squad is way too good, way too deep, with way too much talent on it to sit there and go, well, I don't know, maybe third, and if we can nick an FA Cup. No, no, sorry. Sorry, you can you can roll some of that nonsense back to your, to, to your flat. I'm not having it. You don't have this type of talent and this type of depth on a team without the expectation that you're you're going to be there for the, for the Champions League and you're going to be there for the Premier League. And this team, when they're on, I I think is unplayable because we now have somebody who can hold the ball up. We have somebody to be that outlet. We have somebody to put the freaking ball in the back of the net. That's all we were missing. And and we're not stopping there. We're bringing in one of the, the, the great young center backs in Europe, in Jules Koundé. We will be bringing in Chouameni or Sal Nuguez to, to go with in our midfield. There is way too much talent. We have way too big, good of a, uh, of a manager in Thomas Tuchel. Anything less than multiple title wins this year, whether it be, or multiple cups, I should say, is unacceptable. And I don't want to hear any different. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, we have got that. We have got a team, a manager that we should be winning a lot and we should expect to see um, big things to see. Obviously, we've won Super Cup already. By a bar any disaster, we should win the Club World Cup and actually finally win every trophy there is to get at the club. But yeah, I mean, Jess, I, I do agree. We we have the squad and we should, and the way it looks is great. But obviously, we got to make sure we can beat the big teams. But I could I could flip it on the other tune and go, well, last season we did we did beat the big teams, but it was actually the smaller teams where we were losing out. So. Maybe it's the fact that we are looking good against the smaller teams and the big teams that will be the difference for us. Um, but, you know, we never know. We'll see how it goes. Um, but we'll go just towards the end of the podcast. We'll do a little bit of a player racing. Um, I'll switch between both of you. Um, Marv, what would you give Mendy out of 10? Oh, well, uh, you couldn't give him anything other than a 10. He saved everything that came his way. I think two dangerous shots. Uh, as usual, a flawless performance. I think one time he passed the ball out of play. But no, it has to, to be a solid 10. He didn't do anything wrong. Um, Jesters, what, what do you think about Mendy? What, what would you give him? I think I, I am reticent to give out 10s. Just I'm like the Russian judge. Like in, in, in figure skating, I always give low scores um, because you know, he didn't do anything spectacular. I'd say an eight. Um, he didn't do anything wrong, but it's not like he was so troubled by what Arsenal did, right? 
His distribution was good. He played well out of the back. He did everything you asked from a keeper. I just, I'm reticent to giving tens, right? Because that, that denotes a perfect performance. And I don't think he had enough to do to call it a perfect performance. I think uh, they had what? Let's see here. They had how many shots on goal statistics? Three shots on target? Five or six total shots? That's not much to do. So that's why I, I, I'm reticent to giving a 10. But I can I can understand the sentiment in that. Uh, because, of course, he didn't give up a goal for the second week in a row. So Golden Gloves coming his way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I would I would probably go with the same as Jester's, probably an eight. Obviously, again, I I I will give ten. There will be a few tens going out about today, but um, I do feel there wasn't. He didn't really have to do much. Obviously, it's not his fault that he can't get any higher. I just obviously there wasn't really much for him to do. Arsenal, typical Arsenal, don't really create much chances. So Mendy was there having a picnic half the time. So. Can't help that. Um, Marv, I'm going to go on to your wonder boy, your favourite your favorite man on earth, Rudiger. What would you give oh, him today? Solid 7.5. Because uh, obviously there were a couple of moments where the ball went over his header and Arsenal had a couple of minor chances. Um, again, he was solid in the tackle, though. Lots of great tackles. Didn't really make any any mistakes. So, yeah, good. I'd say 7.5 for Rudy. Jesses, would you agree? I would actually give him an eight because I think there was a couple of times that he uh, cleaned up for some mistakes that were made in the center back position. I know one, he, he chased all the way over to the right-hand side. Um, I thought Rudiger played very, very well. Um, of course, it's never easy when you have Marcus Alonso playing on your side because you know he's not coming back in defense. Um but yeah, I I thought he was he played very very well. I I'll give Rudy an eight. Yeah, I mean I I, w- I would go with the seven point five. I do I do think I I do agree with Marv a lot in terms. Of there was a couple of things that went over the top, but then again, obviously, sometimes with Alonso's defensive capabilities, you kind of understand at least something's going to get through because he was peppered a lot down that side. But yeah, I mean he had a good performance, putting a few good tackles. I remember that I think it was the one that he did on I think it was Saka. We, he went on, went over to the right-hand side. I wondered, I was like, what's he doing over there? But it's a good job he was over there because we needed to make the tackle. But yeah, 7.5, I think, suitable for Rudiger. Um, Marv, moving into the Danish Maldini, Mr. Christensen himself. For him, I'll give seven. Uh, two of the chances for Arsenal, he completely stood there and let his man run in behind. But other than that, again, solid. They didn't really concede too many options. He passed out well. Um, similar to Rudiger, I think a little bit less good than Rudiger, so that's why I'm giving a seven. But yeah, another solid performance. Yeah, Jess, would you agree? Yeah, I'm not too bothered by a seven. I thought I thought he, passing wise, he was brilliant yet again to get the uh, play play started. I, I I thought he was very well. He played very well in that aspect. Yes, he hit. Again, I thought there was some disconnect between our midfield and our defense that caused a lot of problems for our defense. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can't say that I can disagree, but let's, uh, he, he did, uh, complete 94% of his passes and then he had the most passes on the team of 85. So, uh, 
Yeah, I could see a seven. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think all of us are in completely agreement. I think seven is a good, fair rating for him. I think, as Marv said, there was them um, two opportunities where he did lose his man, and obviously the Smith Row one could have been a major one if it wasn't for Aspie. But at the end of the day, apart from that, he was fantastic. Made some great tackles. His passing out from the back was fantastic, and is one of the things that is really important for our game. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd give a seven. I mean, I don't, I don't think many people are below a seven, if I'm honest. So, um, that's how that's how decent we were um, overall as a team. Um, Marv, moving on to Asby, I know you rated him high. So, uh, what do you rate him today? Yeah, for him, uh, a solid eight, I think, because he he made a lot of really important tackles in this game that probably could have ended up in a goal. Like, for example, if we look at the fine margins of the game we lost last season, Havertz missed that open goal and we ended up losing. And it's the same kind of thing that could have happened here. Those small things went into our favour this time, and I think it was a big part of it. So I'm giving a solid eight. Yeah, and Jess is obviously, I, I know you're probably going to give that a bit lower, but what would you give him and why? Jess, is you there? Yeah, sorry, um, I, I, I forgot to unmute myself. <laughs> so I, I, just just as I don't think you've ever done that, so that's surprising. Yeah, I know, right? And this never happened in the, in, ever. But uh, I, I, I need to go back and watch his performance. I think he had some very shaky moments in the match. Uh, I'm not opposed to give him a 7, 7.5. Uh, because he did save our bacon a couple of times. He had three total tackles, two interceptions, two clearances, and one block shot, which is nice. He was the second, he, I think it was second highest in passings, uh, which again tells me where, where was the midfield today? Because uh, most of your passes came from Andreas Christensen and, uh, and Dave. So, you know, 7, 7 45, I'm not going to, I'm not going to quibble too much about it. Um, Maybe, you know, you could say on par with Rudiger if you wanted to, but I just saw some moments that I didn't like. I didn't, I don't want to see him like, see those moments again. It, it, he started to show a little bit of age. And I, you know, once you start showing a little bit of age, you know, when does that fully kick in? And I thought, I think maybe we're starting to see a little bit of the, of the end. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I probably will go for seven same as Christensen I think he did have them a couple moments again that were very vital to the game and that's why I'm going to rate him higher but yeah I just think maybe 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 it's the case that I've I, again like like Jess says I've, I've kind of misread it a little bit and sometimes when you're watching the overall game you just don't pay attention to a certain player and then suddenly he does something you make a mistake but uh, about how the game's gone but yeah I mean I'll probably watch it back and probably have a different opinion but yeah, I'd say Aspia seven. Um, I don't think he played awful, but just there were just some things that I just didn't like. But there you go. Um, moving into the wing backs, starting with Marcus Alonso. Uh, Marv, what would you give up Alonso in this match? Uh, solid seven. Didn't really do too much wrong. Created a few chances. Actually, it was uh, his uh, amazing perseverance of keeping hold of that ball instead of running it out of play, which created our second mm-hmm. goal. Um, so, yeah, re- as, uh, again, a very good performance of him, solidifying his left. Uh, wing back position at the moment yeah so for me seven yeah Justice would you agree 
Well, I, I give, I always give him two ratings. Going forward, brilliant. Coming back on defense, yeah, yeah, maybe not. He is the ideal apron. Uh, but going forward, he had, he had the most key passes on the team, the five. Um, so I seven point five for me for Marcus because I thought he had a nine going forward and a probably a seven or a six point five in defense. Uh, but you know that's that's what you're going to get from Alonzo every game. Better going forward than coming back. So seven point five for me. Yeah, I mean, I I would say seven point five as well. I think it's it it's just it is typical Alonso. You know what you you're gonna get from him going and attack. And I think the way again, like Marv said, with the way he kept that ball in and combined with Havertz for that second goal, I thought it was really good. And he has played really well in both games attacking me. But obviously there was the typical defensiveness uh, lacking. But you know, I think we just we we all know that's gonna come from Alonso. I think. We know that his most of the time his attack kind of makes up for it, and we know we've got Rudiger that does mop up a lot of uh, Alonso's mistakes. So yeah, I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy. I think he's done well. I, I do think Chilwell will come back in because I think Alonso is resigned to know he is the second choice, and I think we'll have to wait and see for when Chilwell gets back. And if he plays well, then he stays. And if he doesn't, then maybe we have got a case that Alonso stays in. Um, Going into the central midfield, uh, start with Jorginho. Um, Marv, what would you give Jorginho? Uh, pretty solid performance. Uh, obviously, big spaces in the back. I'd say for him, about 6.5. Could have been better in areas, but overall, fairly well. Yeah, would you agree with that, Justice? Yeah, I, I think uh, the midfield was our poorest area. If you look from defence attack, midfield was... Probably, probably what let us down, and we could have really, really, really uh, uh, twisted a knife today if our midfield was playing at top level. Um, so for me, yeah, six point five is fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say six point five as well. I think you, I just can't look past the idea of that second half. The midfield just lost that control until Kante come on. I think. I, I would say Jorginho was a bit more in control than Kovacic, but still wasn't enough. And as Jester said, when your defenders are getting all the most passes and all the key passes, then you know that means there was something not right with the midfield because that is Jorginho's game. Jorginho should be making the most passes and should be getting the key passes. But it's just one of the things. I mean, it was still a decent game. I'm not going to criticise him at all, but um, yeah, maybe he needs to improve it. Maybe next to Kante... Jorginho would have got a bit more freedom to do what he does best. Um, going up to Kovacic, Marv, what would you rate him? Going to give him seven because I think like his uh, ball out wide created that goal after a lovely bit of play from Lukaku laid it off. Kovacic dug that ball out into the corner for Reese, fired it across. And there were quite a few moments like that where Kovacic played some nice final balls. Um, he got run over a little bit towards the end. That's why I'm going for only a seven, a slight bit better than Jorginho, where he could have been a little bit better. But overall, I'm pretty happy, so I'd say seven. Yeah, Justice, what would you, what would you rate Kovacic? I rate him the same, 6.5. I just I just thought that they, they, 
for too too long in the in the match, they there are long stretches that they were invisible. Our midfield was not doing anything. And um again, he had the one good moment. But I look I try to look at an overall performance because when you start keying on one, two good moments, you know, it's a ninety minute game. If you had one, two good moments in a ninety minute game, how good did you actually play? So because our midfield was poor, got bypassed a lot, I, I, I'm going to go with a 6.5 as well. Yeah, I mean, I would go... I, I'm actually going to go over 6, I think. Well, I, 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 I just think that, again, Kovacic had that one good moment with the goal, um, but... I think it was more down to Kovacic and Georgina of why the midfield lost its control. And then obviously uh, it was proven when Tuchel took him off instead of Jorginho for Kante. And I feel, again, when Kante come off, it just improved that little bit extra and they got that control. Um, I, do, I just do, I just, I think with Kovacic, I've seen that he can do the stuff that he's good at. He, he does the, he always does the stuff that he usually does, but I just, I want to see more from what people rate Kovacic and talk to Ko- about Kovacic. He's this world-class, uh, amazing midfielder. I just want to see more because I feel like I feel he's like a he's he's, the, he's a box-to-box midfielder, but he's rub he, it, when it gets to the end of each box, he's rubbish at both ends or inconsistent at both ends. It just frustrates me, and I feel where we're getting into this really good team. I need to be. I need to be a bit more cynical in these type of players. I think Kovacic needs to be careful that he's not going to become a squad player because I, I worry Kovacic is not going to accept being a squad player. And obviously there was all these rumours um, when there was all these possible swap deals that Kovacic was mentioned in the squad swap deals. Um, and while rumours may be rumours, there's always there's no smoke without fire. And I do think it wouldn't surprise me if Kovacic is gone in the next couple of years' time, um, moves to another club, maybe moves back to Spain or something. It just wouldn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, six is what I'm going to give him. People are going to disagree a bit, but hey, I'm not here to please everyone. So there you go. Um, moving on to Money Mace. Uh, Marv, would you give Mason Mount rating in this match? Um, so this one might cause controversy. I'm going to say five. Um, I really liked, I would say that that might be a bit harsh because he was very good on the defensive end in the second half. And I think he really did improve in the aspect off the ball. And yes, he did get that assist. Uh, fair enough. But the amount of opportunities he wasted is just not acceptable. He, he got into the final third. He had a one-on-one, smacked it straight at the player three times in a row. And at that point, we're only one up. So... You know, we've got to take that. We, we don't start... If he, it, It's the same question I have about him. And I really, really super rate the player. I love the player. But in the final third, in the attacking phase, he there is a lot lacking, and it still has not changed. He's good at putting a cross in and an angled ball, and occasionally his, uh, he'll get an assist from a corner or something like that. Fair enough. He'll get an assist from deep, where I think he's a much better player. But in the final third, panic. Panic, panic, panic. There was one where he got rolled the ball. He had the time to take a touch. He was in the six-yard box almost with a free space, and he just smacked it straight at the defender. 
Um, I could be argued. It could be argued to give him a five point five because he played a few key passes. But you know, he's got to get better in that final third. His decision making needs to improve. Um, but that way, he's still a great player. But yeah, I don't, I don't think he played very well today. Yeah, just as would you agree, or would you give him a bit higher or lower? I I, I think we missed somebody. Did we miss? Did we give James a score. RJ, we did, we did miss Bruce James. Oh, we'll come back to Bruce James after. I mean, we know what we're going to give him, so yeah, we'll, we'll um, come back to that after. For me, he was of uh, the attacking three. He, uh, even though he got an assist, I thought he was the least good. I guess he, we would say of all of the attacking three. I thought Kai Havertz by far had a better game than he did, even though he didn't have a, an assist. He almost had a goal, but I just think that him, you know, Kai dropped deep. He he built up the play. Uh, he 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 had a beautiful uh, pass to set Alonzo away, which ended up in the first goal, I believe it was. Uh, he's just amazing on the ball. And my my whole thing is, if you have Kai Havers on the field, you don't need Mason Mount there as well, because Kai can do everything that Mason Mount can do, only better. And he's more, and he's more uh, physically imposing than Mason Mount. He's taller, so he brings that aspect. And he's left-footed. He brings that aspect. Actually, and, and, and he can actually play a ball with both feet. So, uh, for me, I'm going to go as low as five. We won the game. So, for me, when we win a game, the average bumps up to six, not five as an average. Because everybody gets up one point bump because we won so i'm gonna say 6.5 for mason mount because he got an assist yeah i mean i'm gonna say i will say 6.5 i think i i I did make a a point before it was actually before he got the assist so the assist kind of shut me up a little bit but i still think to a point (laughs) i'm still right i mean in terms of we know mason mount is good at the whole off the ball, off the ball pressing, etc., and he does that really well. And there isn't really many players in the team that can do that at the level that he can. And I, I get that um, of how that's an important role in the team. But again, when we get into the point of we are becoming this really good top class team, I need to start seeing just that improvement in the attack and third improvement in just your final final ball. Because he is wasting just a few too many chances for me. Obviously, he doesn't have to become the world's best final ball person. He doesn't have. We I know that's not the important role of his game, but just he just needs to improve that a little bit more for me. Just because otherwise, it's going to get to a point where you, you are going to question: Is his off the ball stuff enough for him to justify over? Someone like Aziesh, who will be, who, who hopefully will be bagging in some goals and assists. If Pulisic gets starts getting back to his best, then Pulisic. Obviously, if Hudson Odoi starts living up to the hype, Hudson Odoi and other players, Timo Werner. There's, there's so much, um, there's so much competition in that role that I just feel a lot of people are going, "Oh, Mason Mount's position is certified." Well, I don't think it is really. Last season, maybe yes. But this season, I just need to start seeing that improvement just a little bit. Obviously, I know sometimes it takes time and sometimes you improve. Potential isn't really linear. So sometimes it takes a little bit of time. You grow it as you get older. But I just need to start seeing that little bit of improvement. Obviously, I I, I 
I trust Mason, so I expect that to come because he has stepped up each season. So hopefully he does again. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Um, so yeah, six, 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 six or six point five. I'm, I'm not fussy with either. Um, but I understand why Marv gives a bit of a lower rate. I wouldn't give it that low. But yeah, six. I think we won, so it wasn't. Uh, five is always below average, below average. So I'm not. Sh- maybe a little bit higher than that. But I understand Marv's points completely, and I agree with a lot of them. Um, oh, we'll move on back to Reese James because obviously. I don't know how I forgot Reese James because he was absolutely fantastic. And my favourite part of that game was when he scored his goal and went up to the Arsenal fans and kissed his badge. That is proper. It, we you, we get this brand of proper Chelsea on Twitter, but that is the proper that is proper Chelsea. We don't need to argue about that. Um, Marv, what would you have Reese James? Um, a solid nine um, goal and assist. Great throughout. Nothing got past him. He created more. Ch- he put some more good balls into the box as well. He's just an all-round great athlete. Um, he put not even a foot wrong. Uh, so I'm gonna have to give him a nine. He was was a difference maker today. And just as would you agree? Absolutely. Um, he uh, he he. You could see. All he needed was somebody to pass the ball to in the box. And now that he has that, you know, everybody's like, oh, he passes back all the time. He passes back all the time. Well, if he has nobody to pass the ball to, he's got to maintain possession. He's going to have a breakout year. RJ, this is RJ's year. And uh, I know that um, everybody has their favorite coming out of Cobham, but Reese James is absolutely a prototypical fullback, whether you're playing at wing back or at right back. He is big, he is strong, he is quick, and he has a masterful right foot. His finish, I understand he was one-on-one and should finish it, but it's not like he easily put it past the keeper. He smashed it into the left, top left corner. Or his top left side netting almost. It was it was unsavable. And how many times have we seen somebody be on a one-on-one situation and fluff their lines? We don't want to say any names, Timo, but how many times have we seen that? Reese James, our wing back, just a beautiful, beautiful touch with the ball. So nine for me. Uh for me, I thought he was man of the match. Because golden assist, I know everybody says Romelu was perfect. Yes, Reese James was right there with him. So I thought he was the man of the match. I'm in the minority on that. That's fine. I I usually am. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm going to go the full way and give him the 10. It's one of the two 10s I've given. Um, I just think he was fantastic. I mean... The crosses, the linking up with Lukaku, obviously he's got a goal and assist. And I know some people mentioned about how um, oh, but Arsenal got down on that side a bit too much. But I think that's just more because tactically Arsenal always go down that left side. They are Tierney FC. They just use Tierney and that's it because they've got nothing else. So of course there's going to be more stuff going on on that side. I think I don't think I don't think there was really any situation for Reese James particularly lost out too much. I mean, people argue the potential penalty, which we'll go into that before we finish, but I I thought it was good defending from Rich James and he he dealt with it really well. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to give him a 10. 
um, one of the two tens that I'm going to give, but we'll, we'll get back to that in the end. Um, moving on to the other other forward, the other forward on the left side, uh, Kai Havertz. Mark, what would you give Kai Havertz? Um, about a six point five or seven torn between the two. He did made some nice moves, nice passes, a bit better than Mount, but I, I think he sometimes was a little bit slow. Um, didn't really make affect the game as much as as you would expect, but in generally played well. I mean, I can't complain. We scored two goals, uh, only just below the xG. Um, I thought yeah, a very solid performance from him. So I'm going to say six point five. Yeah, um, just as what would you give Kai Havertz? I give Kai a seven. Um, I thought he was brilliant in the build up play, and like I said again, if Kai Havertz is on the field, you don't need Mason Mount on the field. Because Kai Havertz was dropping deep. Kai Havertz was back at the box sometimes making tackles. That's not what you expect from, from uh, you expect that from Mason Mount, not Kai Havertz. And if Kai's doing all that work, why do you need both of them on the pitch at the same time? So for me, Kai was better. He is a seven uh, because he had no end product. He didn't, you know, he almost had that goal um, at the end. And, uh, but you can you can tell that this guy is different, different gravy from everybody else. The way he just glides around this pitch effortlessly. Uh, he, he played some beautiful balls with Marcus Alonso. Uh, like I said, to set up the, set up the first goal uh, when we thought the ball was going to go out, and he reversed it back to Marcus. I mean, how many how many players can do that? He's just immense. He's immensely talented, and you know, I'm. I, yeah, I'm on the Kai train. So woo woo, seven. Yeah, I mean, I, I've just seen I've just seen a tweet of my uh, uh, I saw, and it shows how imp- important the eye test really is because one the one the apps gave Mason Mount a seven point seven and gave Kai Havertz a six point three. Now, obviously, that is not what we saw. Um, I can tell you that right now. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would agree with Jess. I think I, I would give Kai a seven. Uh, I think he's one of them players that he does seem to ghost at, at times, but it's not that he's not doing anything. It's just he's not involved in the play. And he was kind of, as Jess has said, starting to perform that Mason Mount role. So I'm wondering if a bit of Mason Mount is rubbing off on Kai Havertz. And if it does, that's fantastic because Kai Havertz has got the technical ability that Mason Mount doesn't. And if he does start providing that off the ball work, then maybe we have we have but that gives a completely different dimension to that Kai Havertz's game, which would be fantastic. Um but yeah, he did have really good moments like in the second goal leading up to um with the combination of Alonso. If if him and Kai didn't do that, Mason wouldn't have got his assist in the first place. So yeah, I think seven out of ten, I think there could have been moments of even better. And but I'm impressed with the performance, and uh, as as Jess has said, I'm on the Kai Havertz train all the way through the season. So yeah, let's go. And then we have the big man himself, Romelu Lukaku. Marv, what's your first rate, first ever rating for Romelu Lukaku? Uh, Nine point five, I'm gonna say, because he didn't score that header. 
But other than that, it was an absolute... I, I know I gave Mendy a 10. I should probably revoke that into a 9, But because uh, I think that Lukaku is probably the man of the match. He held up everything. Everything became a chance. He scored the goal. He, he created chances that should have been goals. Um, he defend, made a defensive header. He pretty much had the perfect game. Um, really, really just incredible performance. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and uh, I was, I was thinking, I was like, I was hoping Marv was gonna say a ten, just because it would be so funny for uh, Marv to go again in full swing. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I can kind of. Agree. I mean, I, I'd argue that the header wasn't exactly his fault. It was more of a good save. No, it was a but... great header, great save actually. Yeah. Um, Jesters, would you give a nine point five or would you go for the magic ten? No, I'm giving him his jersey number. I get, I give him a nine, um, because I, I thought there was a couple times that maybe he overplayed the ball in the box and didn't just let rip. Um, and I know there was a couple times he probably should have gotten the ball and he didn't. But I, I don't want to say one goal gets you a nine point five. He was brilliant in the entire game. He did everything that he was advertised to do: link up play, hold the ball up. He ran the, you know, for the entire match. Look, if this is if this is the R nine we're getting this season, be afraid, be very afraid. But <laughs> I know he's gonna have a hat trick. I know he's gonna have a, a few games with braces. He might have a few games with hat tricks. And so I can't say he's a nine point five or ten now. And when he does that, what are you gonna give him then? So I'm gonna say nine but it's nine with a superb performance. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually going to say, I, I'm going to give him a 10. I mean, I, I can't give I can't give Reese James a 10 and not give Lukaku a 10. Um, I just think, I know he didn't get the second goal, but if it wasn't for Leno's great save, I argue he should have. Um, and just, he was he was the reason we got through that match. I mean, I, I, I know Arsenal are bad, but I'd I'd struggle to think if we had I don't, I don't want to go back I don't I, I don't want to make the same as I'm abusing them but if we had Tammy up front at that point I just wouldn't I just don't think we would have we would have got many chances or any good opportunities at all Lukaku created so many opportunities for himself the hold up play he made was fantastic um, and he brought so many other players into the game. We, you'd argue maybe Rhys James wouldn't have had that such a good of performance if it wasn't for Lukaku. I just think he was the he was the clog in the armor today. He was he was making everything tick. He was getting keeping everyone ticking along um, as that focal point. So yeah, I'm going to give him ten. It might be a bit of a because it's big Rom. It's big Rom's debut that you want to make him look better. But I, I'll give him a ten. I think he was man of match personally. Um, and that. That is oh we got one more thing to talk about the penalty. Uh, a lot of Arsenal fans are currently whinging on Twitter as they usually do, saying that it's a penalty. Um, Marv, did you think it was a penalty at all? Um, I thought it was originally, but then I watched a replay. That was never a penalty. Um, it's just a nudge together, a really serious straw clutching. Yeah, and Justice, would you agree? Would you? Did you think it was a penalty at all? Never a pen. Uh, first of all, everybody's going to have to get used to the fact that they're not calling it as, as tightly as they did last year. Okay. They've been directed not to, because there's way too many 
ticky-tack fouls that were given. If you watch the play, Saka knocks the ball out of his out, it was out of his reach. He couldn't have not reached the ball. Reese James then cuts in front of him, and Saka kicks Reese James. How is that a, a foul on Reese James for getting kicked? Uh, you know, Arsenal fans. I know they have to have straws to grasp that. I know that they blame it on the rain. They're going to blame it on the referee. Your team is crap, man. Just understand, they are done. <laughs> They're dead food. Stop making excuses. You know, it just it bothers me that you can't, every time they lose, it's an excuse. Oh, we, the referees were against us. We should have got that penalty. That wasn't, he shouldn't have been able to do that, blah, blah, blah. It's always something with them. That's why you're Banter FC. That's why you're the delusional fan base you are. Fix up. Now, I'm going to say this. All of that said, Miss Molina, if you listen to this, you are not one of them. You came on after a loss, came on to Sadiq Stream, and represented well. We will be happy to bring you in as a Chelsea fan once you decide that you've had enough <laughs> of Arsenal. We, we will get you in. We will get you fixed up. And then you'll get the good feelings of knowing what it's like to, to, to have a team that reciprocates the love you show for them back on the pitch. That's all I got to say on that. Just as I, I thought he's gone for an hour without mentioning Molina and bantering Molina, but I mean, Molina, I'm sorry. I, 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 tr- I tried, but you can't, you can't, you can't t- tame a wild animal, so. But I mean, you kind of do deserve it because you know you're an Arsenal fan. But that that that'll be the end of it. But yeah, I I agree. Like Molina was great on the preview. I mean, she said exactly this: we were going to get spanked. Uh, Lukaku was going to put Ben White in a spliff. I mean, Ben White had to fake a bit of COVID to get away from uh, the game today. As Jester said before, he's got the R nine variant um, of COVID. But um, obviously, Mari got put in that spliff anyway. And yeah, it's uh, fantastic. Um, yeah, Arsenal fans, typical um, penalty. I, I at first thought it was a 50-50 uh, penalty because, you know, they can be given, they can't be given. But at the same time, whatever decision I think VAR would have looked at, it wasn't clear and obvious to say overturn whatever decision he gave. So, I mean, I can understand... <laughs> I wouldn't say I can understand Arsenal fans moaning about it because you were two you were two nil down anyway. You weren't coming back from that because your your bottle job FC you wouldn't have got the chances. But um, yeah, it's just one of them things. Um, Arsenal fans will always be crying, and unfortunately, Arsenal fans, you are in nineteenth. You are in the relegation zone. You've got a crap manager. You've got a crap board. You've got a crap owner. You've got crap players. I will take Sambi Lukongo out of that because I think Lukongo is... He is no, shit. Lukongo was, was the... I'm going to back... I'm back in my Belgian player. No, he, was he, the, he was the only... He was the only player that was doing anything on that field apart from Smith-Rowe. That's and the same guy that cost I can't, I can't, Brentford. I he can't wait. I can't court. wait for Lukongo to use Arsenal as a stepping stone and go to a bigger club because that's, that's what he deserves. 
Well, he might be able to get the move to Aston Villa, um, but the, my God, he got walked. He was dreadful against Brentford. That guy got walked off the ball. Um, I don't know if he'll become a good player, but I do not see anything. Um, I mean, they've got they got Smith Rowe. He's pretty decent, but I mean, I was what I mean. There is nothing there. I would be, I would not be surprised if they finished in something like fourteenth or fifteenth this season. I mean. As Jester said earlier, we're going. They're going for a relegation battle. Yeah, so, I definitely think so. Uh, uh, I mean, they're they're, they're goddamn awful. And Abam, it was the funniest part of the game was Abamian comes on, and obviously all all these Arsenal fans call Abamian an elite striker, and then Romelu Lukaku comes in, um, and yeah, he and he come he comes in and just. Shoves him out of the way. Says, "No, nope, you're not an elite striker. <laughs> Get out of here." Obama, Obama, who? Obama, what? Obama, nowhere. Obama, nothing. He is definitely almost done, isn't he? Uh, I mean, yeah. Just runner in behind. If they play on the counter, he'll get goals. But yeah, I mean, he's he's got a big contract as well. It's going to be hard to get him out of that. I think he, I think he's just counting the money at home and enjoying it. Yeah. Which you can't you can't blame him. I mean, if you're stuck at that club, I mean, there's nowhere really for him to go because he wanted to go Barcelona, didn't he? But obviously, Barcelona can't afford to pay Marv for a contract, let alone uh, Aubameyang. So they couldn't afford me. No, definitely not. I don't think they could afford anyone to be fair at the moment. Mm. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, they might be able to get that Bahavs guy. Oh God, Babs! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> oh, don't even, don't even start on that guy. That guy. Oh. That that is the epitome of what's wrong with Arsenal. Him and that well beast. And and you you did see when Reese went and you know you know was kiss, kissing the badge that he had a water bottle thrown at him, right? They threw yeah, a water bottle at him. Off. Yeah, and then you see what happened at the in the Nice game against Marseille. Yeah, I was gonna, I was just gonna say, it's not weren't quite a Nice game, but, but yeah, um, but yeah, that's one of them things. But that ends what was another wonderful pod, bantering Arsenal fans, rejoicing in this wonderful moment. Uh, Marv, Jesters, I'd like to thank you guys for coming on. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you guys for coming on. Happy to my be on, brother. Always. Yeah, my pleasure as always. Uh, anytime you need me, I'm there. I'm Mr. Reliable. So, I, you know, that's what I am. Yeah, I mean, you're both, you've both been reliable. You've both been great for the, for the channel. Um, and I, I couldn't wish for two better regular guests. Thank you, my friend. Oh, Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, you're, no you're the hostess with the mostest, right? Of course, of course. I am. The best host. Uh, like when they when Arsenal call them the Arsenal, I am the host. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but but guys, um, just before we finish up, obviously, just an announcement you might not have seen on Twitter before, but we have launched our Instagram page for the Worldwide Chelsea Pod Articles page. So you can now find we you can now find all our podcasts, all our articles on Instagram. I think we're currently at thirty-two followers um after launching it in the middle of the week so guys if you can get following it liking it liking all the posts we'll try and grow it and get it a bit bigger so we can just branch out to more people get more people watching this wonderful pod um 
also continue getting them apple podcast reviews uh write us down what we can improve on i'm sure we can improve and we can get new guests on if you want if there is any guests you want to see on give me a shout and i'll try and get them on um we're going to bring some more opposition fans and we're going to introduce them to marv and marv is going to rip the shreds out of them Um, yeah (laughs) especially i'm trying to i'm going to try and get a particular tottenham uh opposition fan on and i would uh love to get them on with marv so then marv can rip the shreds out of them because you know they're tottenham so there you go but anyway we could get Eleanor on. She's pretty good. Ah, oh, that 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 would be so fun. Oh, that, yeah. she would. Yeah, but she'd rip Tottenham to shreds. I want to. I want to find a deluded Tottenham fan. Yeah, we've got. I think we can find many. <laughs> uh, there, there is one that I am looking for, but obviously we've still got time till we play Tottenham. So we'll see whether yeah. we can get him on. But yeah. anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Make sure you give us a like, subscribe follow on apple podcast uh give us a good rating and up the shelves up